We are going live. There we go. Hi, everyone. Hello, and good Hi. afternoon, good evening. And Samantha D, thank you so much for being with us. What time is it in the UK? It is five minutes past midnight. That's what I oh, thought. This is my midnight face. Beautiful. <laughs> wonderful. Beautiful. Fabulous. Okay, so I'm Beth Gray, um, Energetics and MBEC coach. With me, I have Sharon Froshen. You are an NLP. Um, Sarah Wallen, who is also MBEC Energetics coach. And Samantha D, who is a coach and also author of My Big Fat Fat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we are here today to talk about ditch the diet and face the feelings. So what I'd love to do is for each of us to go around and introduce ourselves, um, talk about our experience with food so far and our relationship with food. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And we're how we reach this point where we are today of, you know, coming on and saying, well, let's ditch the diet and let's just face the feelings. So I don't know who would like to start. Okay. I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, you all know me as Samantha. I live in England. Um, I've been dieting and overweight all my life. And last year I kind of had a subconscious epiphany where I stopped thinking about food and calories and what to eat next and when I'm supposed to eat and just let my body tell me when it needed something. Um, And it's been just really liberating. Um, Sadly, it's liberating after weight loss surgery, every single diet on the planet, meal replacements. Um, But, you know, uh, the best realizations come after the bad experiences, don't they? So, um, yeah, and I I kind of wrote a book about my experiences and I'm here to support anyone who has that dependency on I need to be on a diet or I need to be told what to eat. Um, because it's a very dark place and it can affect you as a person. Um, every time I hear the word diet, I shudder um, because it's it's a thing you go on um, and therefore when it fails, you blame it, uh, yeah, rather than saying, well, okay, I need to address something, you know, uh, something else that's inside me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Fabulous. Okay. So, um, uh, Sarah. <laughs> Hi, Beth, ladies. <laughs> um, so my journey has been a long one. Um, as Beth mentioned, I'm an energetics and MBIT coach. I'm actually an MBIT master coach and MBIT trainer, uh, which we can get into further along also. But um, I'm just learning to 
stop paying attention to the scale, stop paying attention to all of those external forces and that are bombarding us daily about going on a healthy diet. And um, within the last couple of years have just really turned inward to start asking my body, what do you need? I have some chronic health issues that I am trying to absolutely eliminate um, by using food for medicine rather than all of the multitude of other reasons I use it. Um, I've battled a weight issue since my 20s, so it's been, you know, decades long. Um, tried many, many diets. I agree the diet is just an evil word. You know, it's just like, as soon as you say you're on a diet, you know, you're setting yourself up to fail and you're just waiting for that day to happen. And so, um, yeah, I'm in the process of learning a new way of being, and that's just being in touch with myself and what I need in my body to be happy, healthy, and just joyous in my life. So that's what I'm about. Fabulous. Well, we've got a note here from Tony Lee. She says, it drives me crazy when I hear people talk about their weight. I inwardly cringe. They're kind. Are they fulfilled? Do they love themselves? That's so much more important than how much do I weigh? You know, um, and I know both Sarah and I are going to hear us say over and over again, could we just put size and weight on the shelf? You know, just, just put them in the back of the closet. We'll, we'll bring them out later. Um, but, you know, um, I love the fact that we're all on that same page of, you know, what do we need? So, Sharon, what about your experience so far? What brings you to this point? Hey, everybody. I'm Sharon. I'm the founder of Nourish. Um, this, I actually arrived here because I almost died from things that I did to my body, from abuse that I, you know, um, handed out to my body. And I was left with the choice of either making some changes in nutritionally and finding a way to replace psychiatric medications and other prescription medications or my liver was going to fail. And um, that was not an easy, an easy realization to come to because I was an omnivore. I loved bacon, loved cheese, loved, <laughs> you know, the really bad, bad stuff for you. And then I visited actually a member of this group, Crescent Terry. I visited her in Los Angeles. She's one of my closest friends and she had changed her diet. She had, she was making cheese out of nuts and stuff. I was just like, what? <laughs> and she gave me this kimchi that was just incredible. It was all this stuff that she makes at home. And I came home from that at the beginning of 2016. And I was, we were joking before the show that I just looked at my partner, who, by the way, is the cook. I don't cook. <laughs> I looked at my partner, who's the cook, and I said, So I'm vegan now, babes. And just this look on her face, like, uh, and you know what? She dished up three amazing vegan meals that same day. So if I hadn't had, that kind of short order cook going on in my house, I might not be a vegan right now, you know, but part of the reason for why I founded this group is that we spend all of our time focusing on what we look like and what we look like is for no one else, but other people. That's not for us. We think it's for us, but the fact that other people appreciate and love us is what makes us like looking a certain way. And we don't get healthy when we're doing it for other people. We're only going to get healthy when we do it for ourselves. 
And the reasons that we eat right for ourselves don't involve the way we look. They involve the way our organs are functioning. They involve the way our chakras are functioning. They involve the way that our heart is functioning. They involve the way that all of our organs are working together to create this mystical, magical machine that we live in. And to, I, I watch New Year's happen every year. And every year, tons and tons of my friends, all of their New Year's resolutions are, I want to lose weight. I want to start eating this differently. I want to do this. I want, what would it be like if this year your New Year's resolutions were, I want to go back to school. I want to get a job. I want to buy a fucking house. Pardon my French. What if those were your New Year's resolutions (laughs) instead of losing weight? So the reason that I put this all together is we're perfectly capable of supporting each other into better lifestyles through care, through gratitude, through sticking with each other and being one. And I wanted to give us all the opportunity and a place to do it where at the beginning of the year, we have a chance to write better resolutions. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sharon. And, you know, and that's why we're all in nourish, you know, because it's about nourishing ourselves, nourishing each other um, and sharing that journey. Um, For me, um, that journey started probably back in 2002, 2003, when I got a food poisoning, which unbeknownst to me at the time, gave me celiac disease. As an autoimmune response to the food poisoning, it just triggered that, that, that gene, that, that debility within my gut at that moment. And my immune switch system switched from recognizing wheat as a source of food and everything to saying, no, wheat is bad, but worse yet, actually the small intestine is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to attack the wheat. I attack the small intestine. Whenever you eat wheat, I'm going to destroy all of this. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get diagnosed with it until 2012. <laughs> so I lived with a bad diagnosis for a lot of years, um, struggling because taking into account, I live in Panama where nobody is of a Nordic, Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian race, and so don't have those same genetic dispositions, shall we say. So it was virtually unknown here. Um, When I finally get the diagnosis, I had just been on three years of suffering through a nutritionist telling me I was not eating enough whole wheat. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. No, no. I mean, it was it was diabolical because they were like, um, "You're <laughs> insulin resistant." Now, of course, I know that celiac causes insulin resistance, <laughs> and so they were feeding off each other. Um, and of course, I was just getting worse and worse. But you know, th- these things happen. Um, since going gluten-free, life has changed, but the damage done to my gut for those 10 years still was there and is what I've been working on healing. And so my journey over the last two years has been getting back in touch with myself and my body going, what does my body need to heal itself? 
Okay. Yes, I need to avoid the gluten, but that's not what I need in order to heal. Um, so it's been a journey on, on learning to listen. Um, and obviously in January of this year, I did MBIT coach training, um, understanding a whole lot more about the neural networks in my gut and how that plays into serotonin and happiness mm. and recognizing where, you know, that <clears throat> as much as I can affect my happiness by what I'm doing and what I'm connecting with, I can also affect my happiness by giving my gut what it needs, you know? Um, and so as I've taken this journey of learning um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've been learning the last five years and this year I was convinced a bit like Sarah says, I know my body can heal itself if I give it what it needs. Yeah. The puzzle okay. is just figuring that out. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, but it's been, it's been a fabulous journey, um, of recognizing, oh, it's not, it's, I mean, I haven't been on a diet for the last three years because I decided I was not dieting ever again. And so I lived for 2016, reaching my heaviest weight ever, which for some of you go, well, that's nothing. But for me, you know, um, it was, I've never been this heavy and I don't know how to do this. And being able to say, I don't know how to do this is probably the most powerful words you can say. Because it's not, I can't, it's that I haven't learned yet. Yeah. Um, hey, Susan, thank you so much for joining us. Um, as well as Tony Lee, glad to see you here. Glad to see Roberto Sirea here as well. Um, so today, I just want us to, to open up a little bit about the group, what we're bringing to the group, each of us, um, and our individual practices in terms of coaching, because I know, Sharon, we've already, you, you and I within the group are offering coaching and, and mentoring to people within the group. And I know that there's others that have also come up and said, no, 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 you know, count me in. Um, within Nourish, we're, we're offering this to everybody that's coming in um, at least once a week. Free of charge. Free of, exactly. That we want others to come on this journey. <laughs> Tony Lee says, I'm giggling every time Sharon takes a slurp of her water. <laughs> Thank you, Tony Lee. <laughs> like a little hamster, isn't she? That's impressive. <laughs> you know, water bottle. <laughs> Say it again. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Tony Lee. So, Samantha, um, you have an amazing story because you you've lost um, quite a bit of weight. Yes, by not focusing on size and weight. Yes, by focusing on that mindfulness. How am I feeling? What am I needing? Yes, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Well, um, it kind of happened by accident. Uh, I lost. Well, I kind of I gave up my job last May, in May 17, um, because I was over-the-top stressed, over-the-top anxious, over-the-top unhealthy, 
commuting for four hours, working for 10. Um, and it was really, you know, not healthy, not a nice place to be. So I was offered, you know, another year because I was self-employed at the time. And I said, nope, <laughs> I'm going to take some time for myself. Um, and I don't think um, people realise how bad things were until they step out of it. And when I look back now, I think, God, how did I do that? You know, commute for four hours on a train, you know, work, bush, bustle through the crowds in London, work for 10 hours under intensive stress. And then go home again and have two hours spare time before I have to go to sleep and do it all again. Anyway, so I, I gave that up and um, I started going down into a really bad spiral, like, oh, my God, what have I done? I've never not worked. And I went to see the doctor and I said, doctor, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm stressed. Um, and he said, well, look, he said, um, I can medicate you but you could take this opportunity as uh, something, some time to spend on yourself. Um, so, Amazing doctor. Wow. Yes, <laughs> I know. I mean, he did, he did medicate me at that time, I should say. Um, but he said, look, he said, take this as an opportunity to just look after you because I was so severely unhealthy. Um and so I'm rattling around the house. I'm kind of, um, the first thing I did was create a routine. So I got up and made my bed every day. Tiny things, you know. Yeah. Um, the second thing I did was start meditating every day. But not only that, learning about how meditation works, why it works, um, you know, what it can do for you, how the brain works. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to write a book. Um, so, um, I really started writing the book full time and while I was doing that unconsciously, I stopped thinking about dieting and losing weight and food. It was just all falling out onto the page and it was cleansing me kind of, of all the, everything that I had been um, asked to believe about myself. You should lose weight. You should be healthier. You should eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, you should eat this kind of portion. It just kind of fell away to the point where I was kind of thinking, I'm, I'm actually feeling hungry now, so I'm going to have something to eat. And I was and it, it, it sounds ridiculous, but it was an absolute revelation because if you have an addiction to food and overeating, you forget what it feels like to be hungry. And it was such a revelation for me when my stomach rumbled. I kind of, oh, I'm hungry. It was really weird. It was really weird. And ever since then, I either say it out loud or I say it to myself, I choose to put cream in my coffee this morning I choose to do this I choose not to have that and it's been an absolute revelation it's so freeing which is why I think this group nourish is a triumph because there are so many people still trapped in the whole diet cycle 
you know, they go on, they lose a bit of weight, they go home, they put it back on again. And, you know, it, I struggled with it for decades. And so that's what happened to me last year. Um, from May last year to today, I am 55 pounds down and I've weighed myself twice. Awesome. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah. So um, to- totally believe in that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and I know, you know, that whole um, Tony Lee had put in in the comments about how she had a client that when she worked through her grief of a miscarriage without doing any dieting, without doing anything, she simply released all the storage. Yeah, I would I would me? like to insert here that that's why we're asking you to come have a session. That kind of stuff right there. We're asking you to come deal with those core issues in a session so that for the rest of this challenge, you literally have the experience of not fighting yourself or anything else. That's what we want you to experience. That's why we're offering this to you out of the goodness of our hearts, because we want you to know what it feels like to succeed. Please come avail yourself of those sessions. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, 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 no. That, that was perfect. And, and that is just it. You know, I know, um, it, Sarah's coached me a lot over the last three months of we've caught up in, in one-on-one coaching sessions. Um, also with another friend that's been with us. Um, and when I've had emotional breakthroughs is when I've released that need to drown something in food or to cover up something in food. I mean, I even had the situation today where I sent Sarah a text of <laughs> I'm trying to write. I wrote a paragraph and I want to go to the kitchen. I'm not quite sure what I need in the kitchen. <laughs> but a distraction. Was, but exactly. Yeah. And it was just like, um, and she was like, right. Just right. <laughs> Good advice. Um but you know, we're, we, we use food to, to, to give us pleasure when we're looking for something else. And, and I've had this experience that with my daughter, who's five, of just before bedtime, mommy, I need some ice cream. <laughs> I was like, oh, so, so you're hungry? Would you like a sandwich? No. Are you thirsty? Would you like some milk or honey or something? No. Would you like a hug? Yes. So she was. You are an amazing parent. Can I just say that? You're an amazing parent. I, but we have these tools and Mm. I just, you know, I find it amazing as I've learned all of this, you know, I held her until she fell asleep. But she didn't need ice cream. She wanted comfort. Yeah. And connection. And connection. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I understand why ice cream represents that. Because anytime she's gone to the doctor and had to have an, uh, have an injection, she gets an ice cream. Okay. That's well, my fault. That's, and, that's totally my fault. And but, Beth, that's a perfect example of adults just creating interference in our natural way of eating. Absolutely. Teaching her this represents comfort. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And so, you know, as I've recognized of, oh my goodness, what did I do? And now I take a step back of, okay, what do you really need? You know, and if I go through the entire list of everything I can think of that she might have a need for or a want for, and I get a no, well, she can damn well have the ice cream if I can't figure it out. <laughs> um, but, you know, there there's times when she said, well, no, I just need a little spoonful. And she literally, she just wants a teaspoon full of ice cream. That's all. She just, I just, just want that. And, you know. One of the invitations that I'd give to all of us is how much are you really enjoying your food? Yeah. How much are you present with your food? Oh, yeah. Or I mean, are you in front of the TV or your computer distracted? And all of a sudden, you know, there was this really great um, test done a couple of years ago with movie popcorn. Did any of you see this where... They, they were testing whether or not people would respond negatively to eating stale popcorn at the movies. And so, you know, they showed, showed a film and started serving people stale popcorn. And because they were just enthralled in the film, they sat there and ate buckets of stale popcorn without even realizing it. And that's how tuned out we get and out of tune we get with, with ourselves that we would sit and eat stale popcorn. And then of course, when it was pointed out to them, they all went, Oh yeah, this isn't what I want. I want fresh popcorn. But I mean, it's, you know, if we're not present, we can just put so much into our bodies that we don't want or need. Or, in fact, things that we conveniently forget afterwards. So, um, you know, some days, some Fridays coming home on the train from London, I used to treat myself to a first-class seat. And in the summer, they would serve you a complimentary tub of ice cream. And, you know, it's there. And if you're on a seat where there's no one sitting next, you've got two tubs of ice cream. And by the time you get home in the evening, you've completely forgotten you've eaten that. Or, you know, when you're filling up your car with fuel and you grab a bag of chips on the way to pay for your... You know, I mean, it's these things that we unconsciously and mindlessly do that, you know, we forget about. Oh, I haven't eaten all day. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. The, the presence with food, almost anything that you can pick up conveniently at a store is bad for you. And it's not just bad for you as far as, you know, having salt or uh, fat in it. It's bad for you because it has a bunch of preservatives. It most likely has MSG. It has a bunch of stuff in it that's bad for you. So part of getting healthy is taking responsibility for the fact that I have to plan ahead for what I'm going to eat when I go out. If I'm going to go out to yeah. a restaurant, I need to go ahead and look up the menu on that restaurant as a vegan and figure out what I'm going to eat and not make every other person's life in that restaurant a living hell because I'm a vegan and I haven't <laughs> told anybody in five minutes. You know? but it's, it's personal responsibility to be willing to put carrots in a Ziploc bag and keep them in your purse. Yeah. Or to get a to make your own granola bars, which um, amazingly is not that hard to do, and take one yeah. with you in a yeah. Ziploc bag. Just planning ahead so that we aren't put in positions where we have to choose yeah. items of convenience yeah. because yeah. items of convenience make us fatter, 
They destroy our organs. They give us neurological problems and they eat away at our brains. And when I say they eat away at our brains, I mean that quite literally. So if we can avoid items of convenience and the simpler the food, the better, yeah. You will just that you don't have to be a vegan. You don't have to do keto. You don't have to do anything. Go as simple as you can for a month yeah. and we'll revisit. Yeah. I, I had to laugh. I sent my daughter to school with a boiled hard boiled egg and a cucumber sticks and that and the teacher's like, how do you get her to eat that? And I'm like, um, it's what she's grown up with. It's what she's used to, you know? Um, now she'll complain if the cu- cucumber didn't have a sprinkling of salt on it. She wants just that tiny little bit of saltiness on it. I don't have a problem. Okay. You can have a tiny little bit of salt on your cucumber sticks. Of course you can. Okay. But it's knowing that, you know, she's going to come home and she'll have been perfectly happy with the fact that in her lunchbox, there was no cookies and crackers. There was no chips bag. Um, it's not that she never gets to have them. It's just that she usually doesn't have them. That's not what we plan for. And I mean, as somebody who has to avoid gluten, I know that if 